week at The Compass. My name's Jake, one of the pastors here, and love that you're taking the time to join us to have further faith conversations about what we are learning and studying through our weekend services. You know, this last weekend was a special weekend, one that's a little different than what you might experience on a week-in and week-out basis. And that's because it was our Here Near Far weekend. Or to put it a different way, it was a chance for us to be focused not just about what God wants us to learn for our church, but what's happening at the church at large across the country and around the world. And we were joined by John Burns, part of the Greater European Missions, to hear a little bit about his ministry and what God is doing through him in the mission field. So I want to have a further conversation with all of us here just about missions in general, about what we're doing here at the Compass Church. And I'm excited to get to have that conversation with Cindy Rojas. Cindy, thank you for taking the time to join us. Of course. So just wondering if you would be able to start us off by just letting people know who you are and what it is that you do here at the Compass Church. Sure. I've been here for almost a year since January of this year, and I work uh, as the Compass National and Global Coordinator under Rick Pierce, Pearson, and so very excited. I've been learning so many things about um, all of the missionaries that the Compass Church has and being able to connect with them. Some of them actually I've been able to meet, and others, you know, over the phone or via Zoom or WhatsApp. So that's been the most exciting part of my job, just uh, reading their their newsletters and being able to share what their prayer requests are, what uh, what things Things God has provided through through our church, through uh, people being able to give, and I get to read all of that. So it's very exciting. Very nice. So, how did a heart for you for missions start? What's the, what's the baseline? How did that come about? Well, I am from Mexico. I'm from Puebla, Mexico, and my mom um, was from Indiana. She was a missionary. She actually was a nurse. And so my mom had one of those like Indiana Jones kind of adventure lives. She, uh, you know, traveled from Indiana to Mexico in a Jeep by herself. Oh, wow. I know. I was like, when I think about that, I have an 18 year old and I'm like, I don't know if I'd feel comfortable with my child doing that. (laughs) You know, when my mom was telling us these stories, I was like, oh, that sounds so exciting. But now I'm like, that sounds a little scary. Yeah. But, you know, through it all, she she went all the way uh, to Mexico. She's uh, studied language in Costa Rica and she was a nurse and in Guatemala. And she did everything from like pulling teeth out. We have the pictures of her like with the people there, like ready to pull their teeth out and then delivering babies. Um, I remember one of her stories. She was she says the best meal she's ever had was when like in the middle of the night she was living with some local people and she would you know people would come and knock on the door because my mom would be like the dentist the doc I mean everything in one package and so there was a lady that was in labor and they were like we don't have the midwife so we need you to help and so my mom's like okay you know I'll do what I can so she got on the donkey with this man and they traveled for a long time and she helped deliver the baby. Thankfully, the baby was well. And she said that they made this um, soup for the mom and she got some of that. And she said that was, that's one of the best meals she's ever had. So, you know, I grew up hearing these stories about my mom and God's provision in her life from like having nothing to literally praying for your next meal and then having somebody show up or knock on your door and 
providing exactly what you needed for that day. So that really, um, that really resonated in my heart as a young person. And I feel like I always had a sense in my heart that I wanted to do, I wanted to do something that meant something. Um, growing up in Mexico, um, I was one of the few Christian people that I would know about, like in my classroom, I, there were a few kids that would go to church, um, but not all of them were, I feel, living a life that was really devoted or that had a purpose or, you know, where, where I remember feeling a burden for my friends, just, just wondering, they don't know Jesus, you know, what's going to be their future and praying for them and inviting them to my church. And, you know, I, I, you know, that's not necessarily something that happens to everybody at a young age, but for me, it was something, it was a passion I had. So as a young person, I, um, I wanted to do something with my life and I decided I was going to study communications. I wanted to do radio in Mexico. Interesting. And that was not, that was not something, there's no Christian radio in Mexico. So I thought, well, you know, something's going to happen. That's what I want to do with my life. And I would get the catalogs from Moody Bible Institute. And so I'm like, oh, this looks really interesting. And um, I um, had a group of missionaries come to our town. And in Puebla, there's a lot of missionaries there. Um, So I grew up knowing a lot of them. And I knew English because of my mom. So when they came to visit, I was able to go and talk to one of the professors. And he really um, just kind of cemented the idea that I should come to Moody and do that with my life. And so I ended up here. And I studied at Moody Bible Institute. And so I've been involved in missions um, some way or another throughout my life. So, yeah. Had you heard of Moody before that professor came down as part of a mission trip, Or was that just a, a foreign concept to you? Well, my mom went to Moody Bible Institute. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I had. And then a lot of people in Latin America and other uh, foreign countries know of Moody Bible Institute from the videos, you know, Moody Video. So a lot of people. Um, in Mexico had seen some of these videos. So, but it wasn't something everybody knew about. I think in Puebla, being a place where there's a lot of missionaries, it, we were familiar with that. But I was, I'd certainly never been here. The first time I came to Moody, I came with like my little suitcase. Yeah. I remember my aunt and uncle from Indiana, they um, picked me up and they drove me to Chicago. I'd never been to Chicago. I didn't know what the, I didn't do like your let's go visit your campus thing, yeah. you know. And I arrived with my little suitcase. I had my suitcase and I had like a bag. And I remember looking at all the girls and everybody else with like lots more things. And I'm like, I must have forgotten a lot of things because I just had my little suitcase. But <laughs> over the years, you accumulate things. But yeah, it was totally. it was it was a shocking experience for me. But I, I enjoyed my time there and I've uh, been able to stay connected. So, you know, being part of the compass and, and being able to work with missionaries is something that I I am so excited to be a part of and um, hadn't anticipated. So it's been really nice. While you were at Moody, you studied communications. Did you end up going into radio? I'm just curious more than anything. I, I did. And actually, I'm part-time at the Compass, and I still work for Radio Moody in Spanish 
on WMBI. Well, it's it's on uh, online now. Okay. But yeah, I've been there since I studied. I, I'll tell you, I, I went to school at 92. Okay. So I've been working with them since since 92 in one shape or another. So yeah, I'm, I'm involved in radio, believe it or not. <laughs> That's fantastic. Can yeah. I ask you just, now I'm just really curious. What, yeah. what, what do you do there? What What's the role look like? Um, well, I've done about everything because there's four of us. Okay. So I, I do announcing. I do some production. I'm in charge of the music library for a radio station. Um, but I do spots and, you know, I've done interviews in the past. So, you know, it's just, you just learn a little bit of everything when you're a small team. So, yeah. That, I love it. So you feel like you're at home here, <laughs> oh, except the f- script has been flipped. There you go. So I'm the one asking. Anyways, that's, <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Now, how did you end up coming on to work here at the Compass Church? What was that process like for you? Well, I knew Sue Myrup from okay. uh, the Compass Kids, and I used to work as a children's director, and I just connected with her, and um, I remember always having, we would get together as uh, children's directors once a month, and I was trying to figure out what would be the best things to do for our kids. And I just remember Sue being like this great source of help. Like she let me come to the Compass here at Wheaton once and just look at what they were doing. And she's like, oh, this is what the curriculum we're using here, you know, take a copy. So I, I always felt like, oh my goodness. And so, and it, this, this campus is very close to our home. So that's kind of where it all started. And I just was like, well, let's see what's, what options are open. And it happened to be there was a missions one. So when I saw that, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's, that sounds like something I want to give it a try. At the Compass Church, we talk a lot about here, near, and far. You know, we had a weekend just recently of here, near, far weekend. It's one of those things I feel like we stress as being important, but sometimes don't find ways to give it as much publicity as maybe it could or should have. Uh, I'm just curious of the stories that you hear from some of the missions partners. Is there one of them that just kind of stands out as being uh, interesting to you or just generally um, has been a, a fun conversation or just a way that you've seen God work that maybe you wouldn't have if you weren't in the role that you're in? Um, definitely. There's a lot of stories. Um, I'm thinking about um, a missionary that we have in Chile, and him and his family have been there for a long time, and they have ties to um, Rick Pearson and his son, and, you know, just being able to um you know, they, they feel like that's part of their family. And we were able to support their daughters being able to go uh, and get prepared and continue their uh, studies. And they're helping um, their mom and dad in, in the field right now over there. So that's, that's very um, moving and exciting. And I'd love to, you know, maybe one day go over and visit them. So yeah, and just being able to meet a lot of other people that come by uh, t- our town and and are ready to share their stories with with people. So yeah, it's wonderful to be able to find a place where people can find that information out. So let's talk about that a little bit. What are some concrete steps people could actually look to take to learn more about what at least we're doing here at the Compass Church with missions here in the United States and around the world? What, what would you encourage people to do as a, a a next step or a couple of ideas? Well, they could contact me and um, I could, we have our website and um, we have a list of all of our mission trips that are happening in the next uh, year. Um, just to name a few, we're going to be going to Uganda 
and we're going to be going to Mexico the fall of next year, uh, to Moldova once again, uh, the fall of the of next year as well. Uh, we're going to go back to Belgium, uh, to Greece, and to England, and then we're gonna also going to have a few trips here in the states. We're going to do a couple trips to Utah and Detroit, Michigan, and also uh, somewhere in the inner city here in Chicago, Illinois. So if any of those sound interesting, or even if they're like, well, I'm not even sure what does that mean, what are the dates, all that information is going to be on our website. And um, people can email compassglobal at thecompass.net. Okay. And uh, that's, will get directly to me and I can forward uh, the website, answer any people's questions, and also make sure if people want to sign up to get some of the newsletters from our missionaries, um, we can make sure that that happens as well. Okay. I'd love to take a few moments just in case people have never been on a mission trip. Yeah. Um, one, let's just start out super practical. What, what is it? Well, it's um, a couple weeks off of your summer or the fall or sometimes even the springtime. And um, people will uh, get together. There will be a team leader from uh, the Compass Church. And you will get together, have a few meetings, and uh, just explore being able to serve in a different country. Um, we had, for example, people go to Greece this past summer and uh, as well to England. And those trips were led by um, our uh, Compass uh, Wheaton Church and also our Bolingbroke uh, Church by uh, people there at the Compass. And they were able to uh, make a difference. The people in Greece worked with a couple churches there and they reached out to uh, people that were homeless and that uh, uh, they were at a center where they would offer meals to these people and people would come in and take showers and people would sit down and talk to them, serve them meals. And a lot of the people that went were able to develop some sort of uh, um, conversations and just start to get to know these people. So we are hoping that some of these people can come back next year and continue those relationships. And, you know, it's a little seed. It opens your eyes to what the mission field looks like, to what are the needs outside of our area, wherever it is that we live in. Um, And I think that's a great opportunity to open your eyes and see what's out there and also to be able to get involved. Um, Some people, there's people that are very outgoing that go on these trips, but then there's other people that are older and that, like, I know that the people, uh, some of the people going to Moldova, uh, they specifically reach out to shut in older communities. Hmm. So uh, older people are going there and they will stay with the older people. They will take them meals. They will pray for them. They just want to go and sit and talk to them. So, I mean, there's, depending on where you're at, we've had young people go, we've had older people go everywhere in between. I feel as long as you really feel like this is a passion and this is something that that you feel God wants you to do, um, not as a vacation, but as an opportunity to learn and to serve, I think we'll have a a place to plug people in. And it's wonderful also to see how God provides for these trips. We've had, we've never had somebody that's not been able to prov- to go because of the funds. Hmm. So that's something that's also uh, affirming to see that um, God's able to provide. If you want, if you have the desire and you feel this is something that you want to do, that you want to continue to grow in your faith as, um, God will provide for that. You mentioned something really interesting in there, and I want to go back to it just really quickly. So a lot of times I feel like if somebody has an idea of what a mission trip is, uh, they think what we're going to do is go and build a house in a third world country. It's 
almost always feels like it's construction based. Um, and I don't know, maybe that's just me. I'll own if that's just been my background with mission trips growing up, mm -hmm. but just what are some of the types of things that people could expect to do depending on what kind of trip they might consider going on? Yeah, we do have a construction trip. That's the Mexico trip. Okay. Um, so that's definitely happening. But Arise Detroit is um, another one of our trips. And it's just like a weekend where the city opens up and they do all kinds of service for the community. It could be painting. It could be crafts, entertaining the kids. It could be fixing something. Um, our trip for uh, Greece will, will hopefully also include um, an opportunity to serve the kids, to serve the church um, that's in Greece, and to help these people that are homeless, hmm. um, giving meals. Um, our Moldova trip, also uh, talking about the older community and being able to just provide uh, their groceries, take the groceries to their home, sit pray with them, visit and talk to them. So there's all kinds of different things that are happening. It, like you said, it's not just all um, going to build and construction and, you know, really hard, heavy lifting kind of things. Um, some of the trips could involve that, but that's not the majority of our trips. I've done several trips with our uh, high school students in the yeah. past to Utah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and very frequently it was running a VBS, a kids camp. Yes. Um, that's a blast and exhausting all in and of itself. Uh, but some wonderful memories, great people. You bond really instantly with people on your team that maybe you wouldn't think you have a lot in common with. And yet all of a sudden it's one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, I want to go and hang out with this guy when I get back. Really, there was something there. We had some shared experience, but uh, you just grow to appreciate people when you're rolling up your sleeves together, doing something day in, day out together. Uh, it just really does develop a unique bond, uh, which is just one of the really fun and fascinating aspects of taking a mission trip. I, I agree. And I hope um, people take advantage of that. Um, I had never been at a place like the Compass Church where, you know, missions is a priority mm. and is important. And we have so many missionaries. We have about 70 missionaries that the Compass Church supports. And a lot of these missionaries are opening up uh, their doors and saying, hey, we need some help. Come, uh, you know, just come help us and come see what we're doing. And I feel anybody that's ever been on a mission trip, I've gone on mission trips before. Like you said, something happens in your heart. Something changes. Um, your, your eyes are opened and uh, the needs uh, around you become real and tangible. So I hope anybody listening today um, takes that opportunity, takes that chance. Don't say, oh, you know, I'm too old for that. Or, mm. you know, I don't have the money for that. Or I'm too tired. There are many things and many ways we can plug you in. And it will be worth it because God is going to do something in your heart. And God is also going to do something in the hearts of the people that you go and minister to. So I think that was starting to half answer uh, the next question I want to ask, but I still think it's probably one of the most important questions we can ask, and it's why. Why should somebody consider joining in on a short-term mission trip? Definitely. I mean, I feel like it will be a life-changing moment for you. It'll be an opportunity for God, for you to allow God to work in your heart in a way that you that he hasn't before. Um, not everybody's called to be a missionary, and these trips are not meant necessarily for people to become missionaries, although a lot of people have. Their lives have been changed, their eyes have been opened, and they're like, I didn't even know I had a heart for this until you go and do that. And if that happens to you, amazing. 
But if not, it creates an awareness of others, of the need outside of our, you know, our space here. And I think that's important, not just what God does in your heart, because it'll happen. God will work in your heart, uh, but what you can bring to the people there, um, you have the encouragement that you will bring, whatever difference you're, you're going to make. Maybe you'll get to talk to somebody about Jesus. Maybe you won't. Maybe you won't see the fruit of that trip, but something will happen. And I think that's a wonderful opportunity. It's one of those that's unique. Even the ones where we do trips inside the United States, you're still going to a different culture or a different setting than you're used to. And you get to see how people live and interact and just kind of day in and day out. It's, it's really a wildly unique experience. But I'm wondering if you could maybe talk about Let's say a, a mission trip, even right now, for one reason or another, isn't quite exactly in the cards, whether it's vacation time. Um, hopefully, again, we've talked about it before where finances isn't quite the issue, but um, some legitimate reason why somebody can't go on a mission trip. What are some other ways that they could get involved with missions? So one of the biggest things they can do if they're not able to go is they can pray for the people. Um, they can pray for all these teams that are going that they might get, you know, receive. They could give. That's another Another very uh, wonderful thing you could enable uh, people to go by donating uh, to many of these missions trips. Um, you can also ask to receive the newsletters from our missionaries and get to know them better that way, and also find out what their needs are. They have a lot of needs, and also join in thanking God uh, for the ways that He's providing as they share our, their praises with us as well. Now, I would love to just kind of ask one question that's really open-ended. What would you like people to know about missions, whether here in our backyard in the United States globally, uh, maybe your experience of just kind of an open-ended as we're getting ready to conclude, what's just one last takeaway you want people to have on their minds? Well, I want them to remember um, that we are supporting 70 missionaries, and I know we don't get to hear that very often. Um, and it's 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 uh, you know I want them to be able to uh, find out who those missionaries are. I know everybody should have received a big pamphlet, the here, near, and far. And I know we don't always read them, but maybe go back. And if you don't have one, reach out to me um, at the Compass Global at thecompass.net. I'll mail you one and read read carefully. It'll have all of our missionaries there. It'll show you all the different areas that the Compass Church is involved in that has people, that has presence, and the things that are going on that are happening. I know it's easy for us to, you know, remember our lives, what's going on in our lives, but there are so many things going on, and it could be so, like, you could take that document and pray for it once a week, like, decide, you know, maybe take it as part part of your small group at your end, at the end time of your uh, meeting. Um, Decide you're going to go through that pamphlet and pray for each section. Um, if you don't know the, the names of the mission, email me. I will get you the information that you need. If you need pictures for that, I mean, we have all that information. Um, go to our website. Our website always has the most updated information of what our trips are, what the dates are, what people need to do to sign up. All that information is on there. And uh, make sure uh, to keep to keep that in mind that we also have missionaries coming to the area. Oh, if, yeah. if anybody's ever interested in housing some of these missionaries, I know that's not something that normally people do, but there is that need. 
people come and they're like, I'm going to be here for two weeks. You know, do you know of anybody that, that I could stay with? We always have a lot of people ask about that. If you would be comfortable with that, um, let us know. Reach out. We'll get you in touch. That would be a wonderful way to connect one-on-one with some of these people that are in different parts of the world and are here for furlough. So yeah, many, many one of the many things that we could do um, in being able to connect a little bit more with them. And I know you mentioned that here near Far Report. I'm pretty sure that's also on the website at thecompass.net slash compassglobal. You can get a PDF copy of it as well. Um, so don't feel like you have to have it mailed to you. But I love that you mentioned just taking a missions partner and praying for them at the end of your small group. Uh, that's something I've never thought of, but something that'd be really easy for us to implement, just mixed into a time of prayer, just say, as we're doing this as a close together, Let's take two minutes of our hour or whatever it is together to wrap it up and pray specifically for these people and the areas they are and the things that they're doing. Uh, that's a really, I don't want to say easy, but that's a, that truly is a simple next step that people can take to keep missions at the forefront of their mind. God is doing things all around the world, uh, and it's fun to be able to hear stories and play even just a really small part in some of that. Um, but please, everybody joining in, don't neglect the power of prayer, uh, of all of the things we can be doing. Honestly, that's the starting point. That's what we should be spending our time and intentionality in doing, is let's pray for these people, pray for the needs to be met, and then see how God stirs your own heart in the midst of all of it. And if you can, sign up for one of these missions trips coming up. We have quite a few of them coming up next year. And people can go ahead and sign up for more information um, also by going to our website. Love it. Cindy, thank you for taking the time to do this. Uh, I, I hope everybody joining in just hears a little bit of your heart and your story, uh, but just also, honestly, real concrete, tangible steps that they can take to get involved in the life of the church outside of the walls of our church. Uh, that's kind of a, a unique thing that people shouldn't take lightly or for granted. So thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. And thanks, everybody, for joining in today. Excited for what's coming up next. And what's coming up next is our new sermon series called Egypt, A Line in the Sand. We're going to be talking all about these different biblical narratives that happen in Egypt. You know, we're going to be kicking off that series here on Midweek next week by talking to a gentleman, a pastor. His name is Steve Gillum. He's somebody who has walked into different crisis situations and led on an interim basis. And he's done so at a really large church in our own backyard. You might have heard of it if you're in the church sphere. It's called Willow Creek. So what are some of the things that he learned at his interim roles while he's been there? What's God been doing in his life since? What's it look like to talk about change management in the middle of a crisis? We're going to talk about all of that and more next time we're together. So join us here at Midweek at the Compass.